Welcome to the Folk Roots Radio Sessions. I'm Jan Hall. Join us every week for an hour-long conversation with artists about their music. Coming up, singer-songwriters Marianne Girard and Alan Fraser are now plying their trade as Fraser and Girard. We're pleased to welcome them into the studio today for an in-depth conversation and a few songs. For more information about Folk Roots Radio, visit folkrootsradio.com. Well, we're here in the studio at the farm with Marion Gerard and Alan Fraser. They're going to be playing a few songs for us. We're also going to be chatting about their music. You guys have a, a very interesting story because you've been involved in the folk music scene for, what, 30-odd years each? I mean, I don't want to sort of date you too much. But Since you, 1950. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've been around the scene a long time, and I think, your paths probably crossed quite a bit, did they, over the years? Well, Alan's a little older than me. So actually, I was watching him perform before I even started to perform and was inspired by his duo, Fraser and DeBolt, as were many people. So so I, would, I wouldn't say we crossed paths then, you know, it was just me watching and him not knowing who I was. And I'm not sure when that started, though, when we started actually say hello <laughs> um, but at conferences and different backstages and things he's always been kind of an aloof guy you know so. <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> so when did you decide to start playing together I mean had you played much together before that never well no yeah. uh, so last so two years ago August 11th was kind of the official um, merging of uh, minds and hearts. I had lived in Montreal and around Montreal in Sherbrooke and south of Montreal in Hemingford and then in Montreal for 17 years and uh, I moved to Quebec when I was a teenager and uh, had lived in and around Montreal most of my life since then except for a five-year stint in Mon in Toronto uh, at the, the one uh, for career uh, reasons and then uh, I came back to Toronto um, after my wife had passed away and my children had all grown up so I moved back to Toronto to be with near my friends and contacts in the music business and that's when uh, about just a few months in I, we, I decided to go and see Paul Mills who produced our album um, he, he's a guitarist and a um, song I don't know if he writes yeah he writes a song yeah, oh yeah. and he was playing with um, Joanne Crabtree and uh, it's at so, the free times. Yeah, and I, I'd been in touch with them on the internet, and so I decided to go and uh, make contact with them at that point, and Marianne was there. And she came right up, you know, and uh, said, uh, hey, how you doing? And uh, so then she went back and sat with her table at the back of the room. I was sitting right up at the at the lip of the stage, and but I kept looking back, and I thought, wow, it's really great to see her again, because <laughs> I'd seen her at the Transact. And, yeah, I had, I had a monthly thing at the Transact for a couple of years, and uh, every every fourth Sunday, and he, Alan, came once. I was with Robert Priest and Max Layton, so Robert Priest, poet and and uh, rock poet, and and Max Layton also, uh, you know, Irving Layton's son, poet and singer songwriter, and we had a, a every fourth Sunday. Uh, monthly thing at the Transact called Three Wordsmiths. So Alan came down once 
Well, and, I, I and used to be in a band with Robert. We had a band called the Deaf Aids. Oh, that must have been very entertaining. Oh, it was. It was a really good show, and uh, I was knocked out. And but well, I split. He I split right after, yeah. like, a, which is a, is kind of the kiss of death when you're a performer for someone to just kind of get out quickly. Well. <laughs> so I thought, oh my god, he hated it, and then. Uh, but then shortly after that, I saw him at the Free Times, and and yes, he decided that it was that night, August the eleventh, that 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 we were like destined. But it took me oh, longer, but I'll go along with that. And August eleventh is fine. Yeah. So you met, and then you started to play. I mean, I I'm just trying to. We you know. met, we talked, and I came over to visit a couple of weeks later. I played some songs, and that was kind of it. Anyway, we sat down in in the living room the, where I was rooming, and uh, Marianne uh, and I played her my new songs, and she was very receptive, and she played me some of her songs, and I just thought this has got to be this is going to be a great mix, and uh, so we forged ahead right at that point. It was, it it's was funny, immediate. you know. When I look back on it, I don't quite know how it happened. I don't, I don't quite know how it happened. It just sort of happened. You know, it wasn't, we didn't even say, oh, wow, we should be a duo. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of happened. Very natural fit with us, I, I think. It's, uh, I think he started, then, he, then he came to the Transact to play, and we started to, um, you know, workshop things at, at that monthly thing that I did. And then it very, very quickly started performing. So it was immediate, you know, and, and Paul Mills came to hear us and was really excited about it. He was actually excited the second time he came because the first time he came, he said, yeah, it's good, that's good, it sounds, you know, it's good. And then the next time he we, he came to see us uh, was about three months later and he just went, oh, this is really getting good because he saw that we were, we'd practiced. <laughs> he said, you're so much more a band now. Yeah. <laughs> two guitars. And two learning new songs, oh, learning harmonies, doing all of that. No, it's been a pleasure to put it all together, and I love Marianne's material as much as my own, and so uh, it's that's what it takes. You've got to love the process because it's going to be a lot of repetition and a lot of uh, determination involved. And if you're not enjoying it, then you can't do it really. But when the mix is good like this, it's uh, it's uh, a pleasure to do. I ran into Paul Mills, whom I, with whom I had worked in my 30s, and and again. About 15 years later, I had some really nice sessions with him when he was working with the CBC. He and Bill Garrett used to be in charge of all the uh, acquisition of equipment for the CBC in Canada. Uh, and uh, he was there for decades and he recorded everybody. And when I worked with him, it was always so great because he's so professional and you can just relax. And he's he f very fluent with musicians. He hires the very best musicians and he handles them so that they can give their best. And uh, it was just a, a, a situation of mutual respect and uh, real enjoyment working with him. So I told him, I, I think maybe Marianne Gerard and I are putting something together. And he said, oh, oh, I, I can really hear that. I can, I'd like to hear that when you start to get it together. It immediately was fun. It was fun playing and, um, and it felt right. Yeah. I knew, you know, like we, because Marianne plays really solid guitar and really musical, and uh, the songs are strong and the voice is f really fabulous, I think. But uh, the guitar, I could hear the two acoustic guitars, and right away I thought, acoustic bass and these two guitars, our songs combined, 
it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful project and uh, now it's become a, a life a life's work i hope you mentioned guitars uh we have guitars in the studio today uh why don't we start with the song what are you going to play for us oh well this is always a good opener picove yeah. it's picove downs so this is a, a song about a quarter horse racing and gambling and and everything that goes together uh, with uh, being in a relationship where one is a gambler. Uh, quarter horse racing. Quarter horse is the fastest horse, if not the fastest thing on four legs, uh, for one quarter mile. And although they can run more than a quarter mile, but that that's their thing because they were they were bred to to dash. And there's one. There's the remains of the a quarter horse racetrack in in uh, Pickering called Picove Downs and it, it's now Ajax Downs that beside it is, is the big huge uh, standard bread racing track and uh, and casino but there's still the remains of the old barn and the old track and it's called Picove Downs with the quarter horse ra- racing and uh, it's it's really beautiful and nostalgic because I grew up in the country and I grew up when uh, a lot of um, colts were coming in off the prairie and people were buying them and a lot of rodeos and things so and I never had I never got a horse I still want one I still want a horse it's not (laughs) Uh, too late but uh I I had there was always horses to ride I always had lots of horses I just get on them I learned to ride by getting on and going (laughs) so it was yeah so that that this that's what this song is about three four
That's Fraser and Gerard with Peacock Downs on Folk Roots Radio today. There are special guests in the studio at the farm. That was absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. Now, that's your song, Marion, right? That's my song, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to get an Alan song next. Yes. Can we get an Alan song? Yes. TWA used to be this airlines in, uh, in the States. I was traveling in the States and... Uh, I remember there was this huge rainstorm, and uh, they, they had this. Uh, the maid was cleaning the room up, and I was watching her uh, make the bed. And this rain was just pelting down. And uh, I got the idea for this song when I got home. Actually, I think. But it's, I went back to that, and it was this this super deluge of rain in just outside St. Louis. It's the time of the Kent State Killings, I remember. We played, and then somebody jumped on the stage. We were playing this student, uh, this university, uh, it was college they call them in the States. And so we were playing at noon, doing a matinee, and this, this guy gets, on the, gets on, the fo- on the stage and grabs the microphone and says, the, the music is great and everything, people, but our brothers and sisters are lying dead in the street at Kent State. Don't, what do you? How do you feel about that? And I remember looking, and they were all like, so blissed out on the music. They're going, ah. <laughs> so he gave the microphone back to me, and we continued. But anyway, the song's called "Outside St. Louis." Nice, concise introduction there. <laughs> Marianne's blinking. <laughs> Where did that come from? One, two, three. Are you ready? <laughs> one, two, three, one. Well, I was up. Oh, jeez, I was ready. One, two, three. Well, I was outside St. Louis when I heard the news. You had inherited the St. Louis blues. You transplanted them up to the north. You still
That's Fraser and Gerard live on Folk Roots Radio today with Outside St. Louis. I'm actually pleased, that, Alan, that you actually gave us that introduction because you really get a good feel for the song with actually the oh, that's good. The, the long version of yeah, the I've introduction. I've never given the introduction that way before. Yeah. No, he hasn't. I've never heard that story before. <laughs> At least you didn't have to harmonize. <laughs> so when you got together, you obviously had songs that each of you had written. Uh, are the songs on the album that you have written together so far, or is it, uh, no, no? We've only um, um, arrangements we have collaborated on, but each they're each individually our own songs, and we're only just beginning to do that. Um, in fact, because we all, we each have a lot of songs, and I have a lot. I have a lot that I felt that they didn't sound finished or I wasn't happy with them and they just didn't sit well with me but as soon as Alan, yeah, as soon I mean, as Alan started playing them with me it was like oh this sounds like a real song so there's a lot of that that's going on and and, and in a sense that's almost rewriting them um, uh, that's true. but to sit down and actually lyrics share lyrics and melody ideas together that's that's a still new yeah we've done one <laughs> that is really a collaboration like that, but 
Marianne's done the same with my material too, where, you know, often a song has a wart. I call them warts, musical warts, because every time you sing the song, it kind of, you know, it doesn't quite scan right, or it's just too purple or yellow or something. It's like just uh, you get off the idiom a little too far, or musically uh, the reference is a little stilted. And you can play a song like, you can still play the song, but every time you hit it, you kind of put put your teeth on edge a little bit. And Marianne can come in and take a song like that, and she feels it right away. And then, I mean, it's been great. I think a couple of the songs on the album there were really owe a lot to her. I thought, you know, it's almost a co-write situation because uh, she said, no, and she said, I wouldn't even tell her. You know, there's a warp there. <laughs> I would know where. <laughs> and she would say, you know, that doesn't work too well. And I, oh, yeah, sorry, you noticed. And then, you know, but she got, she got a solution. So uh, this is great. Oh, he would not say, he would not say that. He would say, oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah? Was I defensive? <laughs> well, you know, these are yes. my children. These songs are my children. I, I sense there's going to be a certain amount of adjustment yes. before you can actually sort of write together. Because... You, obviously, you have a lot of experience as individual and different, um, yeah, and different artists. styles and yeah. different yeah. ways of approaching it and different. I um, love different listening sense. to Marianne practice though, because she she practices. You know, we practice individually, and, and it's hard. It's hard to actually get to sit. We're we're making a concerted effort to sit down more, like almost every day, or to to play at least for half an hour or something, because uh, we've noticed that we're. We still, as separate artists, we 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 practice separately, so and we're taking guitar lessons. We 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 have this wonderful guitar teacher in Toronto that plays jazz guitar, and he's got these great long fingernails. I'm, I really envious of. I'm going to start getting my nails done. Chris Reed is his name. And, he's never recorded, and he's just uh, wonderful. And he's teaching us some. It's really going to be. I mean, it's really been. Uh, we've only had a couple of lessons, but we, we practice separately. And then uh, we have to make a concerted effort to sit down together, and because uh, we we're doing everything, eh? we do our management and our our um, promotion, uh, song, marketing, uh, pro, uh, uh, publishing, and uh, and so it's multifaceted when you're at this stage. And then uh, hopefully we can start, you know, giving people that work to do for us. But uh, at this point, we're doing the whole thing, so. It takes. We're we're on the computer a lot. We sort of divvy up the tasks, and uh, and uh, it's been very productive. But uh, it's also very demanding and very exhausting. So, uh, at the end of the day, man, well, all we want to do is watch Netflix and uh, <laughs> well, drink I, a bottle I, of wine. I suppose there is that <laughs> that danger of feeling that you're actually spending so much time on the business of. Uh -huh of the band, yeah. in this case the duo, yeah. that you actually don't have enough time to, yeah. to practice. Or energy. And, and, um, or energy. It's, a, it's not a matter of just sitting down and playing. You want to have the inspiration and energy. And, and quite frankly, anything on, on the internet is just saps the energy. You know, anything on the computer for hours, it's, it's, it's difficult. We'd rather ha much rather have those hours being yeah. creative. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio on CFIU 93.3 FM and streaming at CFIU.ca. We talked before the the break about the fact that it's hard to, to find the time to play 
Uh, can we talk a little bit about the live experience? Because uh, you do play dates together and I think you've got a few coming up. Tell us a little bit about your um, live performance. Um, well, we enjoy it very much. I, d I do. I love playing. I love playing with Alan. Um, it's as, and ideally, as long as we're relaxed and not worried if the sound is not uh, totally together and not, you know, just doing what we do. So when, since we started playing, I wanted to keep what happens between us in the living room and put that on the stage. So I, I work hard towards that. It just staying relaxed, staying very connected and performing, you know, so that, and I think that audiences really respond to that because we, I think so. I used, to, I, I used to record in downtime at Hallmark Studios, which was this was the only studio in the in Toronto at the time where you could record a symphony orchestra. This is a great cavernous studio, and the engineers told me the same thing about Gordon Lightfoot. He said, you know, he'd heard him say a couple of times that that's what he's after is that at home living room sound, you know. And uh, so when Marianne said that, I thought, yeah. I mean, I tend to get on. I you know, when, as soon as I got an audience, I get a uh, a boost and I go flying off so but we're working on that <laughs> does that mean that you it's have a to very dial long it? elastic that I go snap so you have to kind of dial it back a little bit yeah it yeah, yeah it's uh our strength and our power is about what we do what we do and not not you know what uh the um not showtime entertainment energy you know we have that too we're quite funny but the the connection of the music and us playing it and the the relaxedness, but with big energy, is what I'm constantly working towards. And even physically, being close on the stage, and I I'll move in very close. And that that started because you I mean I, physically close to me. Physically close to you. So I I that started when we were on a stage and I and I was. I was like, hello, he's you know, way over there. And I just moved over. <laughs> and uh, and for the longest time, he got, oh, you're crowding me. And he'd move back, you're crowding well, me. I remember at the conference there when we did the uh, Folk Music Ontario conference. Was that last year? Probably. But we did it without a sound system. I mean, you, you often do, you know, it's often just in a hotel room. And there, there might only be four people there, but they can be very significant. Uh, uh, you're showcasing, you're not performing. Uh, so it's a different kind of performance altogether, if a performance at all. You say your name after every song, and uh, they, if they walk out, it doesn't. It's not personal. But anyway, Marianne would back right up to me. Where you know, if I didn't move, I was. She was going to be on my strings. He I, says. Oh, it was he really says. odd. So anyway, we we're working all this out. So yeah, it, it's it's really important. Just even the physical, and it, I think it creates a a really um, strong. Energy and I saw that once on a stage a long time ago at the Sudbury Folk Festival, the Festival Borealis. It was a nighttime concert, and it was a a, a couple. They were Quebecois, but they spent a long time in South America, and they came back and were were playing the South American music. She had a um, a wind instrument, and was quite far away from him, and and uh, and she just, I could tell she just wanted to be close to him. And she walked across and was stood beside him. And I thought that was the most powerful thing I'd, I'd ever seen, was just that 
one movement. That always, I always kept it in my head. I need to feel and see what we do in the living room. And and if it sounds great in the living room, it's going to sound great on stage. I, my thing is to not get in the way of the music. If it, you know, if it, I don't want my ego or my neuroses to sully the performance for people. I want them to really get the <clears throat> magic of what it's. It's one of the highest things in our life, and we're trying to uh, we're trying to share it unadulterated. So when you put the set list together, there's 11 tracks on the Fraser and Girard album. We've talked about the fact that there's some Marion songs, there's some Alan songs. Do you also dip into your back catalogue as well for your set list for the shows you do now? Yes, we we have um, songs that will probably, well, they're, they're from my catalogue and from Alan's catalogue that will probably be on the new album. So we're we're working on those already. Um, and yes, and, and songs that might not end up on the album, but that, that we're playing well together. Yeah. Can we play another song live just now? What would you like to play for us? Would you like to do the, the Mighty Penny? Sure. Tell them the story. That's okay. So this is called the Mighty Penny Blues. One of my accounts is with PC Financial, our account. It's our account with PC Financial. We worked quite hard through the whole financing of the album and it saw a fair amount of traffic. And I went and looked at the account online and I saw there was a payment went through from PayPal, which was confusing too, because it was there's there was an exchange. The the payment was in Canadian, but PayPal is American. So anyway, it turns out this the it went through the savings account and I noticed there was one penny short in the account for this payment and they uh, charged me $45 for this one penny. So here we are in our this uh, age of no pennies and they charged me $45 for a penny. There was another uh, checking account which they could have taken the penny out of maybe if they needed the penny. I phoned customer service and, and they said, oh no, no, sorry, it's our policy. Sorry, it's our policy, it's our policy. I heard her on the phone saying, it's a penny. It's a penny. Like that five times. Well, yeah, but it's just one penny. <laughs> it was hilarious. And uh, and so I said, is there any point me talking to your supervisor? And he says, no. And I said, oh, okay, great. So I went on Facebook. Just I, I, just, I didn't really know what to do about it. I was fed up and tired and... and, and um, I thought, I can't handle this today. So I went on Facebook and I just said, I just got dinged $45 for one penny overdraft. So I got so much, so much response of people replying to that and commenting and and their problems with banks and da da la la And so uh, I thought, wow, this is a good topic. But then <laughs> someone, um, Kate Vanderhorst, Jan, Jan Vanderhorst's wife, she said, phone Sean O'Shea, and she she sent his, she posted his information. Global news on 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 my uh, in the comments with his contacts and everything. And I went, it's forty five dollars. Who's going to go after forty five dollars? So I thought, oh, what the hey? And I messaged him on Facebook. He got back to me immediately. He sent his phone number. He said, call me. And I, so I called him and it was a Thursday day and I called him and he was all fired up to come that, like then, we live in Orangeville and he's in Toronto, to come to Orangeville then. 
and to get it on the show uh, for Thursday night. It's like 50 miles. Yeah, it ended up not working out, but he says, I I really like this story. I I really want to do this story. So I told him the story, what happened, and they phoned PC, and the, the representative said to them, oh no, she's not telling you the whole story. There's more to this story than she's telling you. I'm, it's confidential. I can't say why, but she's not telling you the whole story. So they told me that, and I went, it's a penny. There's not 10 pennies, not 800 pennies. It's here on my statement that I photocopied. Documented docu- You know, printed off. Irrefutable. It's a penny. So he says, oh, the story's getting better, you know. So so they came. The, the camera crew came to our little apartment and, and on the Monday and did the story. And uh, we, we, but meanwhile, we wrote this song. And we weren't going to, weren't going to because we don't really write topical songs, especially at the spur of the moment, you know, in a day. And we were going to maybe change the words to pennies from heaven or something just to make it funny. But this song came out, and and uh, but by the time he got to our place on the Monday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we had this song, and it's called the Mighty Penny Blues. One, two, three. I checked my online banking to see what I could see. I saw a whole lot of trouble staring back at me. I was short one penny, one little penny, mercy me. Just one penny and now they're coming after me. So I asked customer service. Is this some kind of scam? He said it's the president's policy. It's irreversible, man, cause it's a penny. One mighty penny, can't you see? He said it's one whole penny and it means that much to me. Global News I said I got a problem It's the mighty penny blues I gave them all the details The entire storyline And 20 minutes later You know everything was fine Cause he got my penny He got my penny back for me Oh that must be some penny Cause it ain't even currency Just one penny, one mighty penny, yes indeed. You know they got so many. So why you coming after little old me?
That's Fraser and Gerard with the mighty Penny Blues live on Folk Roots Radio today. There are our special guests in the studio at the farm. Will that end up on an album or is that always going to be one of those songs that will maybe, uh, I don't know, is it out as a single? Can no, no. Well, well, it, it is only, uh, no, it's only uh, um, sort of on property of global news mm-hmm. right now, but... Um, it's on our site with the the producer ended up making a whole video because they only used a little snippet of it on the on the news flash but the the producer of the show ended up making a whole uh, nice uh, video of the song for us with sound effects of pennies falling and cash registers ka-ching and a a siren you know now they're coming after me the siren is really cute so did the matter get resolved oh yes oh yes they they denied that they would ever let anything like that happen and paid paid me back and gave me points, PC points. <laughs> of which I get half. So that was our one co-write so far. We were really, we were sitting there just like Lennon McCartney tra- or, or uh, Jagger and uh, Richards. We would say, she'd sing us a, a line and she said, well, play some blues, maybe, you know. So and uh, so we started and got one line and then she got the next one then I got the next one and then we, and we were cracking up you know so it was really fun to collaborate. It's hard to write a song with someone. So it quite possibly will be on the next album because we play it and it and it's fun and when it sits well we think, yeah it, it, it's 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 a um, you know a deviation want, from what we do. We're very serious, you know. I want Larry Kurtz to play some harmonica on it, maybe. And, oh, uh, that would be great. We were th- we were bass. thinking of doing a local, like in Orange, there's lots of musicians around, maybe getting a, a, a local uh, production happening, you know, because it's a local thing. But um, uh, quite possibly be on the next album. Yeah, yeah I, I make light lists of songs compulsively. I, I leave them around. <laughs> we have time for about two more live songs today. And I'm going to see if we can play a couple that I'd love to hear. One is My Name is Carol. Oh, uh, that's okay. a very interesting song. I'd love you to tell us a little bit about that one. That That's another Marianne song, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And that was another song that I never... Isn't it? It's funny because it, it's such a, a, a well-received song. And it was one that I for some reason didn't sense the power of it until Alan started playing it with me. So Carol, my name is Carol. I lived on Lake, at Lake Simcoe in a town called Keswick for 18 years and that's where I raised my two daughters. And the town was growing rapidly and rapidly and it was get, getting harder for people to survive. It was, getting, it was a little cottage town and so all these cottages were being renovated into bigger homes and sold for more money and a lot of people were coming up from Toronto for commuting. And so the people who lived in the core were getting pushed further and further outside uh, and it was harder harder to live there. And one woman, um, she she was she was perhaps in her thirties at the time, and she um, had cerebral palsy. Was able to maneuver. Was was mobile, but uh, but for any kinds of distances, she needed to be in a, a wheelchair. And she used to, for for extra money, collect uh, pop bottles and beer cans and pop cans and go and, and trade them. But I used to see her down along the, the lake shore, the lake drive, doing this in her chair and 
so stunned really by this, by the, the survival and the strength. And, and I also watched one day, we were down at, at the lake, down at the beach, and watched her um, get out of her chair and, and, and walk towards the water and get in the water. And, and she was just uh, in ecstasy with this water around her, you know, and uh, I was so blown away that I, I wrote this song. Wait for 
for sunsets each end of day down by the water oh the water wraps all around me like a lover's skin Take me to the water I hope the water Remembers when My name is Carol from Fraser and Gerard Live on Folk Roots Radio. That is a beautiful song. I absolutely Thank love you. that one. Thank you. Um, certainly resonates very strongly with me. I want to get that other song in that I was hoping you would play. And I do realize I'm putting you on the spot, but it's the song that John Oates covered, and that's Dancehall <laughs> Girls. Uh, yes. Uh, tell us a little. That's an Alan song, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that one. That's uh, my hit, my a melody, a medley of my hit. <laughs> I wrote that when I was like 18. I was living in Hamilton at the time, and uh, it's a song that has been played on NPR repeatedly on um, a Prairie Home Companion. They people often come in and play it. Uh, there's another song of mine too called "Waltz of the Tennis Players" that they've stressed a lot there. Americans automatically think it's about Baltimore, Maryland, but it's actually about Baltimore, Ontario, where uh, I'm from Nova Scotia, and every summer the, a lot of people would leave the Maritimes and come up to Ontario, the farmland, and uh, harvest the crops because there was so much unemployment, and I guess they still do. I'm from Quebec, too, and uh, I was living in Quebec and coming up to Toronto for shows and uh, to with my friends and who from from Sherbrooke I had a friend living in Hamilton and I was staying at his place and uh, when I wrote the song he came out of his bedroom he said man that song that's a hit but uh, it's about Baltimore Ontario it's called these dance hall girls I used to call it the maritime migrants song but uh, now it's pretty well known as dance hall girls Dance hall girls, they'll treat you kind. They'll give you their bodies, but you'll never reach their minds. They'll fill you up with lipstick lies. Then they put you down. Don't be surprised. Is this the way? Here in Baltimore Well I've held her mountain And I've kissed her plains I've touched her sunlight And I drank her rain I've been so far 
when I broke too fast Thought I had a winner pick Well, I came in last again Is this the way it always is here in Baltimore? Must have chosen the wrong season to come down. I never realized they call this sacred ground. My sense of time, it's way behind. I sent a letter home, but this all take time. Some money so I can go back home. These dance hall girls know how to make a man feel alone. Is this the way it always is here in Baltimore? Fraser and Gerard live on Folk Roots Radio with Dance Hall Girls. It's been an absolute pleasure having you join us today. Thank it's you. Been it's been be really here. nice. Thanks Thank you. If people want to learn more about your music, how can they do that? Well, they can, of course, go to our website. What uh, else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> FraserandGerard.com. Yes, and from there is all of the other links that, that who, you know, for whatever anyone wants. And uh, get on our mailing list. So we, we send out a newsletter periodically. We don't barrage the email with with um, useless <laughs> news. Just, you know, when we have gigs, when we have important things coming up that people are interested in, if we're going to be touring... Um, uh, so that's probably the best way is to get on the the, the, the website the the mailing list 
and um, and our gigs are always posted. So if if they're in your area, come out and see us. That's great. You mentioned that you're starting to work on a, a new album. I know that Fraser and Gerard, the the debut self-titled album, has just been released this year. When do you think the the next album will arrive? Well, you really should release a new album every couple of months. So <laughs> <laughs> we're already late. Yeah. Yeah. So that we June fourteenth at Hughesroom was the the official release. So we would like. Um, we would like, uh, you know, September uh, 16, I think, yeah. to at least perhaps start the process, which would make it, if it's the same length of time, it would make it two years. But I, I would like to actually have the album done by September of next of next year. Yeah, we've um, already got a song list. Well, we've got several lists, but uh, it's... Yeah, I'd we, imagine that We definitely have, have enough it. material, yeah. and it just depends what's the feel, with, you know, and... Um, and then finding the funding and we have to see how this one that. goes too. I mean, it has to go. If it doesn't yeah. uh, pan out enough, then what the heck? Eh? No, still yeah. got it. Yeah. I can always and wash it. dishes. It's been great pleasure having you join us. We're going to finish with another track from the album. What would you like us to play? Well, I I think uh, "Don't Blame It on Me" features the both of us because there's a few songs on the album where um, we trade off. The, the vocals, but this is where uh, we're um, the two voices, top to bottom, on this song. When we when we played this at Hughes Room, some one was it a, a promoter or somebody with it was with Bev, and she said, "Oh, that song is radio ready." But yeah, that's true. It's radio ready. Alan Fraser, Marion Gerard, it's been a great pleasure to have you join us today. This is Fraser and Gerard with Don't Blame It On Me from their self-titled album, which came out uh, this year. It's a fabulous album, definitely worth checking out. Thank if you, you want to get more information on Fraser and Gerard, remember you can check out their website at fraserandgerard.com. You've been listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Blame the 